Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. I'm really excited to bring you Joy Ann Parker today for Song of the Soul. Admittedly, I usually skew toward folk and Americana music, and while Joy Ann could be doing that, several years ago her life was changed when she caught a passion for the blues, and the world is so lucky she did. It's not the path you would necessarily have predicted for a woman who had been singing in church most of her life and who was also a classically trained pianist. Even as she was ramping up to a full-scale case of the blues, she was evolving, and she's really caught her stride with the latest configuration of her band and her new release, Hard to Love. No wonder that the 2018 Blues Blast Magazine Awards included her among the Sean Costello Rising Star nominations. She's powerful, heartfelt, and exquisite, and Joanne Parker joins us today by phone from the Twin Cities of Minnesota. Joanne, thank you so very much for joining me today for Song of the Soul. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me, Mark. And thanks for crunching me into a very crunched schedule. Is it just that your time is so very crunched because of your bursting on the scene with Hard to Love, that you're just in such demand, it's hard to get a hold of you these days? Uh, I think it's just my life in general. Anyone who runs a small business or, you know, is an independent contractor, (laughs) I think has a busy schedule. And on top of that, you know, when you have kids, I have two kids, and so I'm busy running them around and trying to be a mom as well. I wear a lot of hats. But yeah, the schedule is pretty busy because we like to work a lot and we've been touring and doing a lot of fun shows and I keep putting more on my plate. (laughs) I haven't taken any off, so that's why I'm so busy. My understanding is that you haven't always been a famous blues musician, that you were doing other things beforehand and before you had kids, I imagine, too. So the transition, I think, to blues was maybe four or five years ago? Yeah, I was a stay-at-home mom for a long time. I went to school to be a band director, and I did that for a few years. But, uh, yeah, I was in a contest on a whim friend of mine was in a band and they were doing a kind of a karaoke contest but with a live band just to get people to come out because we would invite all our friends to come watch us do this and I did a Aretha Franklin tune and I had a guy come up to me afterwards and tell me that his friend was starting a band that was going to do that kind of music and he thought I was good and would I want to join this band that was kind of the beginning and the end for me I when I take something on I go into it fully I'm a little bit obsessive compulsive about learning and finding the background of things and the whys and the hows. So I dove into the blues very deeply and realized that I really love blues, especially soul blues, which I figured out a little bit later, but it triggers something in me. Also, my voice has changed over the years and and gotten bigger and deeper as well. So it was just a nice fit for me to sing as well. But I really feel it, the kind of music that I didn't know much about before 
you know, four, four or five years ago. And it's been really fun for me to explore it and grow to love it more and more all the time. So before the blues burst into your life, what kind of music were you doing? Well, I was probably more of a rock girl my whole life. I love old school country, but definitely more on the rock side. I also did church music. I was a church worship leader for about five or six years. So I was kind of busy doing that stuff as well. But but yeah, definitely more of a rock girl. I'm a Led Zeppelin, Eric Clapton kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> Could you burst into a little song right now while we're on the phone? Uh, any song, a church or Led Zeppelin or whatever. <laughs> oh, I get put on the spot. I can, of course, I can never think of lyrics because somebody asked me that, but I can't. <laughs> Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That. <laughs> uh, that's great. Great. Now let's hear Led Zeppelin. Whole lot of love. Let's do it. <laughs> Got a whole lot of love. <laughs> <laughs> or spring into a country tune. Oh, well, I, we do our Patsy Cline tribute show, so I, I've got a lot of Patsy on my mind all uh, crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. That's all you get at that. You have to pay to come see the rest of that show. <laughs> well, and, and everybody should know. Now, you're in the Twin Cities somewhere. Yep. Right in Minneapolis, St. Paul, or one of the suburbs? I live in the suburbs. I spend most of my time in St. Paul, Minneapolis. <laughs> I was looking through your booking to see how far and wide you go. You're not always sitting at home in the cities. I mean, you since you do your booking, how far do you try and book? Is it the entire 48 or maybe 50 states? Oh, we haven't been everywhere. Last year, well, it was this year, May, we did a pretty big... Big run. We did 10 shows in 14 days, I think, 15 days. We went to some of the usual spots. We do go to Madison, Milwaukee, Chicago, Iowa regularly, but we hit Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Cincinnati, and Cleveland, and Nashville, and Memphis. So we made a pretty big swath. I'm currently planning a trip to Florida in March, April. So we try and do, you know, I can't be gone for months at a time with my kids. They're 11 and 7, so I need to be home being mom. But we try and do short trips, long weekends, shorter trips more often. And I like to do two two two-week tours a year out of the area. Well, we want to hear your voice. You've got a big, beautiful, brassy, wonderful voice. And as you said, it's changed over the years. So you can fill up a room in an auditorium and a stadium probably with that voice. Would you like to get us started with one of your songs? Sure. I think that this song was the first one I wrote after I made the switch over to Memphis Soul. I really, really dig Memphis Soul. I went to the Stax Museum after we were in Memphis on one of our trips down there, and I just went, I love this. I mean, I'd known some of it before, but I just really went, I need to dig into this. And so I had the words to this particular song already, but I went home and made it into a Memphis Soul Stax tune. And when we played it in Memphis, the newscaster, we played it on the news, and he said, that sounds like a Stax song. That was a big compliment for me. So this one is called Envy. Do you talk to her Like you talk to me Do you tell her that you love her Say she's all you need Oh, do you tell her she's the 
your first taste of Joanne Parker for today's Song of the Soul. The song is Envy. It's got that kind of bouncy, I'd call it rhythm and blues. You call it Memphis Soul. Explain to me what the difference is between Memphis Soul or Soul Blues and Swedish-Croatian songs. What's the difference? (laughs) Well, you know, there's soul music from all over. The Detroit sound, you know, the Motown sound is one. And then you have the Memphis Stacks sound, which is, they're, they're just different sounds. You have the Muscle Shoals sound. They use different bands. They use different arrangers. So the Memphis sound had very specific, you know, like the bass player, Donald Duck Dunn, was on most of those records. Those are Otis Redding, Carla Thomas, Rufus Thomas. There's a lot of those particular people working on all those records. And there's a very specific kind of sound to those. The guitar sounds the same, a very clean guitar doing that kind of rhythmic in the back, you know. That's more the Memphis style. It grooves a little bit. It's more, I would say, rhythm and blues than, say, like the Motown sound, which is much more forward and pushing and danceable. Memphis soul is more laid back. That's some, some of the differences, anyway. 
Is there a change in your personality that has accompanied you moving into the blues? I don't know if it's the blues itself, but yes, I don't know if it was the music or just the fact that I found what I was good at and finally became confident in that. I mean, music is the way that I've expressed myself my whole life, but I am, unbeknownst to most people, an introvert, even though I come off as an extrovert. So music has been my steady companion and my way of expressing myself my whole life. I've been playing piano since I was four and singing since I was two, so it's just always been my friend. There has been a definite change in my personality over the last few years. The other thing is, too, is the confidence that came from writing music and then saying, these are my songs, I want a band that wants to be on board with me and then that I can have creative control. I mean, that changes you when you are really confident in that and you and you are like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So definitely, the blues is a great vehicle for expressing yourself, though, of course, because it's about everyday stuff stuff that everybody can get and understand, just life, love, all those things. And it's a great way of communicating. So, so yeah, definitely it's changed me. You've sung in church most of your life. You, I think you said you wanted to be a band leader. That's what you wanted to do. You are a band leader, I guess, now because you've got your band around you. When did you first start performing as a singer or maybe other instruments too? I don't know if you play anything else. I play multiple instruments. I started singing. I think my mom and I were just talking about this the other day. She said I sang for the first time when I was two in front of in front of the church. And then, as they said, I started piano lessons at four. I'm a classically trained pianist. And then I took up trumpet in fourth grade, I think. And then I taught myself other instruments along the way because I got bored and I wanted to learn more instruments. So, <laughs> And then, yeah, I went to school. To, I have an instrumental music education degree. That's basically a band director. And I play drums. I play guitar in the band, which I just picked up. I've been playing guitar for it was three years in August, so I just picked that up lately. I'm a decent drummer. I'm a decent trumpet player. I can play most of the wind instruments decently. But I grew up in a very small town in northern Wisconsin, and so I was always everybody's wedding singer and everybody's funeral singer. (laughs) (laughs) If there was a special occasion, I was there most likely. So I've been doing it a long time. I think I actually just figured it out. I think I've been doing weddings since I was 12 or so. I turned 40 in July, so, you know, it's almost been 30 years. It's been a long time. Well, give us another song. We got to give people a really good taste of your wonderful, wonderful both lyrics and voice. So as long as we're talking about church, we should maybe listen to Home. It's a gospel song that I wrote after a friend of mine had her son complete suicide. And it was a song that started out sad and kind of about my own feelings and ended up turning into a song of hope for people who might be struggling. My kind of one and only soapbox is mental health awareness. And I struggle with anxiety and depression, so I talk a lot about it on stage. And this is one of the segues I use to do that. And it's just been really encouraging for people. They've come up and told me a lot of stories afterwards about themselves or family members that they have struggled with, you know, depression and things or suicide. So it's just been a really great song for me to share with my audiences and to just to give people some encouragement that there is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And the song is called Home. It's on Hard to Love, the new CD released by Joanne Parker. Here it is, Home. Sometimes trouble Trouble seems to be 
Peace in the Valley, Rest for Your Weary Soul. The song is Home by Joanne Parker. Website, joyanneparker.com. I find that name, Joanne, in particular, kind of interesting. I think of it as a southern kind of a name. But as you said, you're from a small town in northern Wisconsin originally. Joanne, are you a longer name than that, or is that how it... I, I have a friend, Doanne, who's actually Dorothy Ann, Where's Joanne come from in your family? Oh, it just, just, I was supposed to be Kristen. (laughs) My mom looked and said I look like a joy. I I guess uh, that's the only story there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes you have to be careful what names you get. I met a woman in checkout. Her mother named her 50 years earlier, Ornery. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) And you are a joy, particularly on stage. There's a lot of videos people can look uh, either, you know, YouTube or via your website, joannparker.com, on your Facebook page. Any of those things, people see the videos. Uh, you clearly get out there and emote, which is, uh, it's very impressive for a person who self-identifies as an introvert to do that. Do you lose your depression, anxiety, introversion when you're on stage? Mm, I've had panic attacks on stage while I'm performing. The guys in the audience have said they don't know that it's happening when it's happening. I mean, I obviously do. Uh, I had one happen when John Bream from the Star Tribune was at my CD release show, and I had a panic attack while I was playing piano and singing, and I talked to him after, and he said he didn't notice. So I thought, well, if he didn't notice, I'd do a pretty good job of covering it up. So I've learned how to cope 
while I'm having it. I don't know what I'm doing. I wouldn't be able to tell you, but something inside me has figured out how to work through it. The introversion, I feel more like an actress when I'm up there where you take on that stage person. I mean, it's still me, but it's not. And I like big, huge festivals and things. Those are really fun. But that's a totally different show than you get from me when we're doing a show at the Dakota in Minneapolis here, for example, because it's a more intimate room and I can tell stories and I can, you know, look at people. So, no, I mean, it's weird. That's why people go, there's no way you're an introvert. Well, there is, because if you know anything about introverts, we give all our energy away. We don't get any back from the crowd. I just give it away. So at the end of the show, I'm exhausted and need to go home and go to sleep. So I I do and I don't. (laughs) I love people, and I love communicating with people. I love learning about them and sharing with them, and I think that's what comes off as the extroverted part of me. But just because you're an introvert doesn't mean you don't love people. (laughs) Of course, of course. But right now, I want to inform our listeners that you are listening to Song of the Soul. NorthernSpiritRadio.org is our website. On there, there's links. So if there's any problem at all spelling Joanne Parker, which there shouldn't be. To find her site, joanneparker.com is easily done via our site, as with all of our guests from the past 13 plus years. There's place post comments. Let us know what you're thinking, how you're reacting to this interview, and what you'd like to see us doing in the future. There's also a donate button because this is full-time work that is supported only by listeners. It's not by government, not by corporations. It's because you, the listener, want to see this continue. Click donate when you come, and even even more important, go to those local community radio stations. Joanne Parker happens to live in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, where KFAI is one of the big local stations. I assume you've been on there multiple times? I have. I've been on with Harold and Jackson, and they're very good to me. It's a great local station. Just an example of one of the many community radio stations nationwide who really share extra music and news of the locality instead of just the usual pablum that you get from national stations. So please support your local community radio station. On to another song, though, now, Joanne. What should we do next? Well, let's see. We had a depressing one. Let's do a fun one. This one is, I always call it my tell-off song. It's called Memphis. It has a backstory. All my songs have stories, if you haven't been able to tell so far. I'm very much a storyteller in song. But this one is about being in an abusive relationship, or it could just be the bad relationship, but in my case it was abusive, and just getting out of it, rolling on down the road no matter what, because by the time you get down to Memphis, you're going to forget all about them. It's a powerful, powerful song. Let's let that beat carry us away as we listen to Joanne Parker, Memphis. Rolling down that highway they call the 55. I ain't looked behind me since I pulled out of my drive. Darkness tries to swallow me as I think of what I've done. But by the time I reach that Tennessee line, you ain't on Well, I'm 
Powerful song, Memphis, by Joanne Parker. JoanneParker.com is her website. That's on Hard to Love, which she released just this past year. What a wonderful, wonderful song, or maybe a horrible one, too. I don't know. I mean, it's it's upbeat in for the fact that you're casting off that which isn't good. Leaving it in your dust is is really good. Where are you at in your life now? You've cleansed yourself of all that? I always wonder about blues because blues, I mean, by the very name, indicates kind of this downside as opposed to upbeat birds chirpings. So where are you now? I think blues gets a bad rap that way. I think that it's just really about life in general. And, you know, you always have something going on in your life and there's always something to write about. 
And when I don't have something to write about, I, I always tell people, if I'm sitting next to you in a cafe, I'm listening to your conversation because I, I need more stories. But I'm good. I'm mostly good. You know, being a musician and it's so who's trying to make it, which I don't mean that in the sense of probably think I'm not trying to be famous or anything like that. I don't need to be the next Britney Spears, but just trying to do music for a living is very difficult. So there are a lot of things that happen, especially being a woman in a male-dominated industry. Very interesting. Lots of stuff to write about there as well. I think that I come at it from a place of power. You're not really going to find me writing anything about, oh, he was so bad to me, but I just, I can't, I'm, I went back anyway. I don't write songs like that. That's just not my mindset. I, I try and write things, either funny observations about life where I'm generally a really positive person. That's why I don't like, well, nobody likes it, but it's really hard for me to struggle with anxiety and depression because that's not my general nature. So to feel like that is really difficult one of the lines in that song is your whitewashed tomb, which I don't know how many people, I mean, those of us who are biblically literate recognize where those lyrics come from. Do people look at you quizzically when you say that, a whitewashed tomb? What is that? I don't know. Nobody's ever asked me about that one. You're the first. Uh, <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think they're just caught up in that song. That song just kind of carries you away. But no, yeah, no, lyrically, I mean, there's a lot of biblical references in my stuff because that's just in how I grew up and, and that's what I know. And and there's a lot of wisdom in that book, whether or not you follow it completely. But, you know, there's a lot of great language in it as well. So that stuff pops up a lot and for me. <laughs> You were raised, I think, Baptist and of some kind of Swedish extraction, which that kind of blows my mind because I don't think of Baptists and Swedish together. It's kind of like someone, instead of going hallelujah, just looks at you quietly. I, but yeah. <laughs> a Swedish Baptist church, how does that compare to a Southern Baptist church in terms of noise from the congregation? Um <laughs> <laughs> uh... Probably as far away on the spectrum as you can get. Yeah, it is kind of funny to say that. I grew up in the 90s, and contemporary music was just coming into the church. There would be about two people who would, you know, raise their hand once in a while, and everybody would just go, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) That made everybody really uncomfortable. I probably had the biggest voice out of all of them. I wasn't afraid to use it. But, yeah, it was definitely not what you normally think of, probably, as a Baptist church. (laughs) (laughs) Has there been any difficulty in transitioning from being, I don't know, choir leader or whatever it is, in a Baptist church to being a blues singer? I think particularly, I did an interview with the author of a book about Billie Holiday called Religion Around Billie Holiday, Billy Holiday was actually raised Catholic and lived in kind of a convent type thing for several years of her life. So she had this strong attachment there and that was and being, you know, jazz or rhythm blues, that kind of thing was way scandalous in those days. So have you been tarred and feathered yet? Oh no. No. I think everybody knew that this was gonna happen eventually, I think for me. <laughs> um You know, I mean, it's like, I'm just telling stories, you know, and I will never be, I will never embarrass my mother. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to do anything. If I thought my mom was going to be embarrassed, I'm probably not going to do it. It's funny because I always thought, I think I had this weird idea in my head that really wasn't even there. Like I thought, oh gosh, I can't sing that song because 
somebody's going to think badly of me or, you know what I mean? It has not gone down like that at all, which has been really cool. And I think my mom is really conservative and uh, religious and she's really proud of me. You know what I mean? I'm not like, I haven't been like, no, I'm leaving everything behind. It's just, I'm just doing what I was born to do and writing my truth. And it's like, it all is intermingled. Like I've never really believed in separating all that stuff, you know, like Aretha Franklin, all of her that she had from the church is all in what she did too. Like that's what I loved about her. And she just brought the church and all that stuff right into your home. And you went, yeah, I get it. And she didn't draw lines, you know, and I don't either. It's been really good. Let's hear some more of your music. Let's move into, I'm going to save the weird one for last. So let's do Jigsaw Heart next. This is definitely just more of a another soul tune, like a slow-burning love song. There's not a whole lot of explanation to do once you listen to the words. Jigsaw Heart, Joanne Parker. Of a broken heart is one I know well, and I felt it many a time. But the pain of loving someone you can't have is its own kind of personal hell. Who can explain why we love who we love or how a heart? Chooses its mate Does the universe and all Of its stars align Is it chance Or maybe it's fate
love him Cause you stole my heart I can't give him my life Cause my soul belongs to you I'm not whole When we're apart Painful song about unrequited love by Joanne Parker, Jigsaw Heart. Have you had much unrequited love in your life, Joanne? <laughs> yeah, I had my fair share. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those people who loves everyone. You know, I'm like, oh, I love this person. I'm gonna do all these things, and I just give myself away, and then go, what happened? Why am I so? My heart's broken all the time. That's the way it is. I'm also an empath. So I do that a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. You said that blues is kind of dominated by men. And then, you know, you mentioned Aretha Franklin. I assume Bonnie Raitt has been one of the people you've listened to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Bonnie a lot. I am definitely really old school. Like, I love the, I love the really old stuff. So I love the 60s a lot, anything from that era. But yeah, I mean, Bonnie's great. She's really one of those people who just does her thing and doesn't really care about what anybody thinks, which I really dig. I love that about her. I've seen her a couple times, and she's fantastic. Has she ever mentioned her religious background when you've seen her? No, no. She was raised Quaker, and she does a lot of benefits for American Friends Service Committee and other kinds of things like that. So she's got this kind of religious background, which is the same thing of a Swedish Baptist being a blues singer a Quaker being a blues singer is about equally off the dial. <laughs> and she does it wonderfully. Yeah. I was repressed so long, I had to let it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of great women in the blues. And the, and that's why the blues is kind of in a weird state right now. And I don't know if you want to go in that direction, but it is kind of strange. A lot of African-Americans not really in it right now, which is a little weird because it's their music. And not so many women. There's a lot of guitar trios. And the blues has kind of gone rock and roll with the advent of, you know, Joe Bonamassa and that kind of really technical guitar player. So that is another reason why I really dig what we're doing. It's old school and different. And I, I like being different. I like I like <laughs> not conforming. You could talk to my mom about that, too. <laughs> Was that an issue growing up, non-conforming? Uh, I think my mom and dad didn't know what to do with me. I think they were like, whoa, that's, she's pretty strong-willed. So, and I, like I said, I grew up in a very small town. And so I kind of did repress it for a, a long time. But it's, it's been a fire burning in me my whole life that I feel like has really only come out in the last, you know, five to ten years. So in regards to the question you asked earlier, but it, me changing, I've, I have really changed a lot. Well, it's very clear that the fire burning inside you, you get up on stage, you get that microphone, put the song in there, and you're sizzling. I mean, wow. Wow. <laughs> it's way over the top. 
And you're so good at sizzling that uh, you should talk about your recent experience with the International Blues Challenge. Obviously, you don't get to be a representative from Minnesota to this because you're lukewarm. Yeah, well, that, you know, it's been quite a journey for us because I started this journey with a different band, different bunch of guys, totally different sound, and it was called Sweet Tea, and started as a cover band, and as I started writing, that's when we decided, I entered the band into the, the Blues Challenge, I didn't even tell the guys, I just said, hey, we got in, and they said, oh, okay, well, we'll be there, so we weren't, like, quote, supposed to win, I don't think. Um, I don't think anybody was expecting us to win, but we did, and we did all original music, and that really was key. But we were really young. I mean, I had just started performing young as a band. I mean, um, you know, I was 36 at the time, you know, because it was almost four years ago, but we were a really young band, and I think it was a real big surprise to people that we made it. You know, we didn't make it to the – we went down to Memphis to compete. We didn't make it to the second round, but it was a really great experience. And that particular – it's called a competition, but it, it is and it's not. It really is a huge networking week. You go down for a week, basically, and hang out with all these other bands from all over the world and get to watch all this great music. And what it did for me was really kick me in the butt to do this for real and make this a career and figure out who I was and what I was doing. You know, I went back down that that was in January of 2015, 16, three years ago, 15. So I went back down that May for the Blues Music Awards and just soaked some more in Memphis and then just, you know, met some great people. I've done a lot in a short amount of time. I mean, the band started in 2014. So it went from a cover band to, it was evidently more of a rock blues band to me figuring out that I really love soul music and that's what I wanted to do to this new record, which is where I feel like I got to use my own name, you know, because before it was, you know, a sweet tea. So that, that, that band is no longer, and I got, to, I got to put my own name on it, be in full creative control of it, produce it, just really do it and I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of it. I mean, I've got a great band. Mark Lemoyne has been with me for a long time. He's been with me almost since the beginning. But I've got a group, great group of guys behind me now, and they really are on board. And It's just been a really fun trip so far. I mean, I got nominated for the uh, Rising Star Award, the Blues Blast Awards in September. This has been a lot of fun things happening. I mean, not many people get to say they got a review in Downbeat Magazine. I mean, I got that, too, you know, so, like, it's just been a really, really, really fun journey so far. I'll look forward to seeing you in Eau Claire from the Chippewa Valley Blues Society, their Tuesday night thing. That's coming up. Uh, are you already scheduled for this coming year? Not yet. They usually get around to that, you know, in December, January or so and start doing that. They just had, I just saw they just had their meeting the other night. So they're, they're getting moving. So, yeah, we love the Chippewa Valley Blues Society. They're really great to us. And Mark and I are over there actually coming up quite a bit uh, as duos. So we've got a bunch of Eau Claire gigs coming up. Whereabouts? We will be at the Sheely House Saloon. We will be at a new place called the Varsity Club. We will be in Altoona at Cowboy Jacks down the road. We'll be in Osseo at the Northwoods Brew Pub. So we've got, we've got quite a few gigs in the Chippewa Valley coming up. 
Well, good. We'll bask in the beauty and the wonder of your voice and songs and the music. Uh, the instrumentals you have going along with you and all of the songs that I've heard on the Hard to Love CD are incredible. You've got great musicians, and with you emitting right at the center of it, it really is powerful music. I noticed, by the way, that for Song of the Soul today, you did not choose to share Sinner's Prayer. I'm hoping you're transcending your sinner past. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great song, but I wanted to share all our original stuff. <laughs> well, let's finish with one more now, Joanne. How shall we finish off your song of the soul? I like, like I said, like to be different. So this is a song I've been joking about this because it's kind of funny. I wrote this song in the bathtub because that's where moms write music uh, is wherever <laughs> they can. <laughs> and this one came to me in the bathtub. And this one is totally different. This is me playing piano on this, so I'm accompanying myself. And it's definitely more of an American songbook type song, so completely different. And I love that because I don't find myself making music in a box. I like to just make music. When people ask me what kind of music I make, I say good music. So this is the title track to the record. It's hard to love. I would describe it as a torch song. It has that feeling to it, and which is a wonderful addition to a wide range of music that Joanne Parker is sharing. Joanne, I'm really so happy that you squeezed me into your schedule. I know you've got a lot going on, and I know that uh, as an introvert, you need to have some time to yourself to nurture who you are and regain that energy. So I doubly appreciate the fact that you took all this time to sit with me today for Song of the Soul. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Here is title track, Hard to Love, by Joanne Parker, and we'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul, Hard to Love. They say the best things are free when it comes to him and me I paid with my heart early on The price was high, you see Because he is so hard to love They say that we're quite a pair That I should hold him near and dear And I must say I have to agree but what they can't see is that he is so hard to love. He knows just how to dress, never fails to impress, and his hands always comb to a tear. But If I stay, maybe someday he won't be so hard for me to love. 
I stay Maybe someday He won't be so hard for me to The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.